0: Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vandy Fair senior Hollywood writer.
1: On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between.
0: On this week's episode, we have so much royal news to get into. We, uh, last week, were off on all sorts of places. We're actually going to talk a little bit about where I was. Um, because it is relevant to our topics today. But we have so much to dig into. Megan and Kate, uh, you actually had two appearances together since we last recorded. And Megan, as so many of you messaged us, uh, had another departure within her staff, which we are obviously very excited to talk about as well. So let's dig into this.
1: Let's dig into this. Josh, first, let's get into London now. Oh, this is my first time talking to Josh since he got back. And I'm so curious whether you spotted any royals, went to any kind of landmarks, Meghan Markle landmarks. How was the trip?
0: Yes. So I was in London for a few days. I remember, I think I texted you, Julie, like the day before I was leaving, realizing I needed to make sure I paid some respects to Meghan uh, while I was there. I did a few kind of searches. It's hard to know exactly how to honor her, I feel like, in London. I am pretty happy with what I did, though, which is the first night I was there, I went to dinner at, uh, let me make sure I have the name of the restaurant right, Buco Di Lupo is the name of it. And it is known to be one of her favorite London restaurants, And it is on a bunch of the lists of, like, Meghan Markle's London haunts. And it's it's this kind of, like, Italian, sort of a little fancier, but I wouldn't say, like, out of control, but very, like, fresh foods, very small portions. So you order a lot of things. And they said she makes secret, covert Runs uh, to, like, get food there. So I kind of had a weird premonition that it was going to work out well for me because it was the same day... (laughs) It was the same day she made that... I think it was the day she... It was like one of the events, she's been to so many events the past couple of weeks, but there was like an it was the first time she and Kate went to the same thing, and it was like a daytime event, so I was kind of imagining that she had to get all dressed up uh, for like a noontime event, all the royals were there, the queen was there at the palace, and that she was going to like turn to Harry after and say like, let's just go to Boca, like get some food like it will go early so people won't really be around so i went for a 5 30 reservation because that's all i could get day of and i sat at the bar and there was no sign of her um but so the story this is like a letdown of an ending i kind of did like a casing the joint sort of scenario i think the waitress like thought i was insane i will say the food was great um i Could imagine her going there, but I did not see her.
1: I have to say, when I got this text message from Josh, I mistook the name of the restaurant for Buka at Pepo, that, like, Italian chain restaurant where I think I went to homecoming dinner, like, back in Pittsburgh, and I was very confused. I was like, that's (laughs) Megan's favorite restaurant in London? This chain? But how was the decor inside? Did it seem very Megan?
0: It did. It seemed especially... Oh, yes. Wow. See, so I, like, just typed in the name of the restaurant and, like, all the top things that come out. If you used to follow Marco on Instagram, you know she loves Italian food and all things Italy. Boca de Lupa is a restaurant she frequented in London before she was a Royal. And according to L UK, rumor has it, she still dines there secretly. The restaurant also happens to be one of the best Italian restaurants in the whole city. So it's not shocking. She still returns. Um, I took a photo of my appetizer. I'm not really sure what <laughs> I planned to do with that photo. I didn't post it. Or I feel anything. like you had to Megan, Megan
1: would have yeah, done that Yeah, I, I well. tried
0: to take it. I'm going to text it to Julie now and we'll get a live reaction. Um, i felt like that i framed it in the way i thought megan would have framed it back in her days of posting it was delicious it was like a spaghetti carbonara sort of like a little appetizer portion yeah i think it definitely seemed like her it was all very um everything was like a very whim it wasn't whimsical per se but it was very like homespun it didn't feel like super fancy, like you had to kind of be on on guard sort of, you know what I mean? It was more like you could relax a little, but it was still very nice. Okay, I just sent you the appetizer.
1: That is such perfect Meghan Markle framing yeah. because it's it's... He isn't doesn't have the complete bird's eye view, which I think is not cool. It's a very chic. It's exactly, and it looks like you had some sort of glass of wine in front of you. This is perfect Megan, classic Megan. And that does look delicious. Yeah, Megan would be so proud, Josh. And so touched that you made that pilgrimage to one of her favorite.
0: I know, and I was only in London for a short period of time. I did see a few other sort of, there was a lot of like memorabilia, there was a lot of like if you I noticed that whenever you went into kind of like an airport shop or any sort of like tourist little hut kind of thing they always had some sort of Meghan Harry memorabilia. I was going to buy a mug but it was too difficult. <laughs> I went to Barcelona as well before I came back and I just couldn't figure out how to get everything along. But I should have. This happened sort of I think like right when I was about to fly to London. That another aide has left, which now makes it four, right, or third. This is the third, right?
1: No, this is the well the fourth employee. There was also one security. Oh, uh, right, bodyguard.
0: the bodyguard. But
1: I love how this timing lined up. Like this announcement comes in just as you're on a plane into London. It's like it's like you almost knew somehow, and you were headed there. I hope with some sort of resume in hand, but. Um, it was reported that another staffer, Meghan's assistant private secretary, Amy Pickerel, is leaving her role at Kensington Palace. A source told Bazaar.com, Amy is leaving after the arrival of Megan and Harry's baby. The Duchess will be very sad to see her go, but is excited for her as Amy has exciting plans ahead, including spending some time abroad. Go Amy. I love that Amy's gonna do a little eat, pray, love for herself. Amy had originally planned... That's funny, too, because it's (laughs)
0: almost like what Megan would want to do, I feel like, like the freedom to travel and do whatever. It's like almost adding insult to injury.
1: Right. Um, So back to this statement from the palace. Amy had originally planned on staying until at least the end of the year, but with a baby coming, it makes sense to help recruit someone now who can pick up when the Duchess returns to her official work. They will definitely stay in touch, and Amy will be on hand for any advice... And help that is needed in the future i love that a source told people that the two were very close and this split was very amicable i have so many questions about like the nature of their relationship and what constitutes closeness between the duchess and an aide
0: it's also interesting because i hadn't read this statement until just the full statement until now they, I feel like they really went overboard, because maybe I guess because of the previous departures to make this sound extremely friendly. Like I just feel like I can, I can already feel, I can see the kind of PR summit that happened before this people story went out, because I feel like they definitely want you to think that like Megan was like, bye girl, like you know, like was so happy for her to leave, like giving her like recommendations for where to like go on her eat pray love trip or something.
1: Right. Well, it's very curious to me because if a fourth person, a fourth Megan staffer was putting in her notice, don't you think that the palace would have offered her like some sort of raise or enticement to stay just so that they didn't have to deal with another rumor of a departing
0: staffer? And this staffer? is such a like a high, this is like a high profile one. Um, and one that you know, if Megan really did like her, you would think it would be a really sad, like stressful one to leave. Yeah. Especially
1: she's there's so much transition she's had in the past year between her new royal role now moving and having the baby. I'm
0: kind of surprised they weren't like, we'll give you a tiara on this on the DL or something (laughs) like like, like sweetening the deal sort of. God, what if I had gone and just showed up at the palace (laughs) to like audition for the replacement job?
1: that is the hallmark movie i want and need in my life please. like me being on the what plane the second act? i mean
0: honestly now that i'm thinking about it it's such a missed opportunity on my part part me on the plane amy pickerel deciding to leave she now is like no aids like no one in her office me showing up with a well, clipboard like- with a banana a loaf of banana bread uh a, like a, all different uh, you know my application written out on a banana like the banana message handed over to megan um like stand at the palace until I get an audience with some nice flowers maybe I feel
1: like in some ways you did apply to the universe that you I went, went to that the restaurant. restaurant like <laughs> I
0: had this feeling in my you know bones that Megan was going to meet me there for the job interview well,
1: <laughs> maybe she was tied up. Maybe you know. that's like the first act break. And you find out that there was some miscommunication, and she was there on at the wrong time. Maybe that's what
0: also. Happened. You know, these people are all aware of the narratives that like Amy must have known what her leaving was going to look like too.
1: I like to think that Amy went in there and she had a negotiation. Maybe she asked them to double her salary. Yeah. Maybe she didn't expect them to let go. She put on her working woman's suit. And, and was like, just
0: ready to like make her requests and ask, go for broke, why shouldn't she? And then they yeah. were, they decided they weren't willing to play ball, I guess.
1: That's the narrative I want. I also I also love that a source told the Daily Mail that Amy's departure is very sad for her colleagues. As she is really a really popular member of staff, I'm so curious what the interior (laughs) politics looks like inside the palace, and what makes her popular with the other staff members. Is it that she's like hilarious? She brings in brownies every Friday. She cooked herself. Is she the first one to organize like drinks out? What do you think?
0: I feel like there's a very interesting. I feel like we've mentioned something like this before, but like a reality show to be had about. The, the staff for the Sussexes, like there's so much drama clearly with this day to day circus. And I feel, yeah, it sounds like people really liked her. I don't know.
1: Man. Uh, so she, of course, joined Samantha Cohen and leaving once Harry and Meghan's baby is born. I love that Us Weekly, like people, was, was very diplomatic, as was Harper's about not kind of naming the body count. <laughs> since Megan's become the Duchess, but Us Weekly did not refrain. They very much pointed out that it was the fourth Megan person to flee. It seems curious to me also that every single departing aide has been named first and last name aside from this bodyguard. Is that weird, Josh, or does that...
0: Yeah, and it's also, because we all remember Melissa Gate, and that one was weird because we knew there was a departure then it was melissa then i think we got the last name then this one the second one samantha the panther i guess we knew right away yeah it does feel like that and then this one felt but that one was a little weird too i feel like they weren't quite ahead of the narrative i feel like it came out samantha cohen was leaving this one felt like they were ready to try to control it fully
1: right exactly they had the information which I is, mean, but I don't
0: really know if it necessarily softens it so much. I also um, love
1: the narrative if there was some sort of movie about all these ex-AIDS <laughs> like meeting up at some sort of Greek <laughs> islands like Mamma Mia style. Yeah, like
0: First Wives Club <laughs> or something. Also, yes. wh- also, what do they all do next? Like, I'm curious. I need the follow up in one year. Like, I need to know what Melissa, Samantha, and now Amy are all going to be doing in their next jobs. Like, where do you go from this? I assume they all sign NDAs or something. I mean, I guess none yes. of them can write books or anything. But, like, I just feel like they almost have these crazy stories. They, The three of them, yeah, I agree. The three of them must want to just... I, I feel like that group text between the three of them must be the most, like, fun group text there is. Because the, uh. they can all actually, like, talk about what's going on for real.
1: I know. If anyone has any information on the these women, where they are now, their whereabouts, or just maybe a very affordable PI that Josh and I could hire, that'd be very much appreciated.
0: <laughs> yeah. And obviously, if you're familiar with any of the three of them and uh, college friends, maybe with Amy, let us know. <laughs> um, please
1: let us know. <laughs> M-
0: Melissa, enough time has passed that you can just come on the show, I feel like. Um, I
1: know. Well, once they announced Amy's exit, People Us Weekly pulled up all these photos because she was always in the photos right next to Megan whenever she was coming mm. in and out of an event. And poor Megan was, like, smiling, but poor Amy looked so stressed. Like, I really think she needs that that abroad trip.
0: It's a stressful job, I'm sure. I'm sure. So let's talk. Okay, this is one of the first times. I feel like we had the most direct sort of quotage from Megan at this in the past week, as we have in the previous year before that. Uh, she made an appearance at, on International Women's Day, Julie, with an interesting group. It
1: was very interesting. So she was on the panel, it was at an event at King's College London, along with Annie Lennox.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like where, how, why, I'm very confused.
1: I know, as well as nonprofit executives, Angeline Muramirwa, Chrisanne Jarrett, and Julia Guillard. Uh, They all discussed women's challenges and their hopes for the future. Before it began, the charity's Twitter account announced that Meghan had been named its vice president. Her husband, Prince Harry, was named the president of the organization last April. So this all seems very, I don't know, by the book, maybe like nothing. It doesn't sound like the sexiest of events, but boy did Meghan (laughs) deliver on the wild quotes. The panel's chairwoman, Anne McElvvie, asked Markle, how's that bump treating you? Josh, do you want to read which, the Duchess's well, which, yeah, reply? Yeah, I will. But
0: also, by the way, that question a little weird, I thought. Like, yeah. obviously, we're up for any throwing any question <laughs> at any subject, basically. But that was a little, how's that bump treating you to a pregnant woman? I find like a little strange.
1: Also, very casual. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, it's and like informal this formal. It's this weird a mix discussion. of like
0: casual and the jargon of how's that bump treating you. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, the Duchess replied very well it's funny i don't really know how to do my megan voice i just realized very well it's funny i've actually been joking in the past few weeks and get ready for the most megany turn here i had seen this documentary on netflix about feminism and one of the things that they said during pregnancy was i feel the embryonic kicking of feminism i love that so boy or girl whatever it is we hope that's the case with our little bump I mean, I cannot think of anything more Meganey than quoting a Netflix documentary about pregnancy <laughs> that refers to the embryonic kicking of feminism of this, her baby bump.
1: Right, I know. Was she just waiting for the right moment to bring up that documentary? Also, if you're gonna bring up the documentary, whoever that filmmaker is, I would be enraged that they didn't actually name drop what the movie was.
0: Yeah, I I actually am interested in that. Like, what was this documentary? Though I have to say, this made me realize, and we'll get into our other quotes in a second, she has, like, I feel like there's so much stuff she's been, like, bottling up that she wants to say and that she's wanted to post about and wanted to reference. Like, I feel like she had that quote ready to go. She wanted to bring up the documentary. She wanted to bring up that, this particular way of referring to pregnancy. Like, she's looking for that, a platform to speak. And I feel like that's why this panel even happened.
1: Right. Also, what was Harry doing while Megan had that documentary on? What do you think?
0: (laughs) He was like, uh, checking basketballs or like, I don't even know what he might've been watching. (laughs) Like, but like not paying attention. You know what I mean? Like on his phone. Oh, here's what I actually think. I feel like Megan already watched it while Harry was like out playing rugby or polo then she was like i want to watch it again and you know that thing when you make your like person you're dating or whatever husband in this case watch something with you and you're like watching them to see their reaction right i feel like she was watching harry to see his reaction and i think he acted like into it because i just feel like harry's so on board with this whole thing at this point but what a charitable answer (laughs) But maybe not. I hate that when you're like, when someone's watching you to see your reaction. I hate that.
1: Same here. Um, She was also asked about Twitter. This is another Megan-y response. Josh, do you want to go with it again since you're in the (laughs) Megan mindset? Someone
0: asked me today if they think Megan, how much of a British accent she speaks with these days. And I was like, probably a lot. I feel like she must have really adopted it, but I'm not going to do that in my uh, quoting. Uh, okay, so so she was asked, I guess, just what? If she looks at social media, right? Um, right. My personal decision is not to feed into negativity and be more cause-driven, action-based. For me, it's a tricky one because I'm not... Oh, sorry, they asked specifically if she looks at Twitter. For me, it's a tricky one because I'm not part of any of that. I don't look at it. Sorry, no. For me, that is my personal preference. But I do read The Economist. And we should note that the panel discussion was moderated by an editor at The Economist which I feel like was a quick save by her part. Um, right. <laughs> I, do you think
1: she actually reads I don't past? know.
0: I don't know. But I feel like she quickly realized... That's not, That's like the savviness of Megan. I feel like she realized like quickly as she was saying it. She had to say that or else it would seem strange. I'm very disappointed that means she doesn't see the In the Limelight tweets about her. Um, right. Though, do we... I b- only believe this somewhat in that I feel like she definitely looks at Instagram... I feel like Instagram is her vibe. She likes kind of the photos, the recipes, the inspirational quotes, the vistas. Twitter, I could see her doing without at this point. If she feels like it's a negative space. I feel like I feel that way sometimes too. Like Instagram's a more positive place to visit.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Megan also made a point of adding that she seeks out journalism that's really covering things that are going to make an impact. So of course she listens to this podcast. Um, and she said that backstage we were talking about Tanzania and the article The Economist just did. Like, this is what I imagine every conversation is kind of with Megan. Things like that that are really talking about how the role of women is really shifting and changing, that's key. Focus your energy there and not on the stuff that is perhaps muddling you down. Josh, I feel like you and I could both take a lot of inspiration from this last piece of advice. We need to focus our energy on the positivity and not stuff that is perhaps muddling you.
0: It's it's the no bad energy that we, her mantra that we latched onto at the beginning, it continues to come back and Megan continues to remind us, you've got to just strip it all away and focus on (sighs) what brings you joy in life. Julie and I are always so good at that. Oh so,
1: so good at that. Do we think that Henry, Henry Harry knows what the economist is? I love this. Is? I
0: like I love <laughs> Julie so much that the last question in this is just, do you think Harry knows what the economist is? Um you, I do not think he reads it. I think he knows what it is. I feel like what do you think?
1: No, I think you're you're exactly right. But I would love for Alex Trebek or Pat Sajak to host some sort of game show where all the royals have to compete in a challenge about <laughs> things everyday people encounter and face.
0: I know. I always am just the whole thing of like how celebrities monitor. Maybe I have too much um, cynicism, but I just can't. I feel like they all basically look at a lot of stuff. Like, how do you not? It's just a human impulse. Like, you have to be such a, I don't know, enlightened person to not look at stuff written about you or like want to hear what people are saying about you or look at comments about you. And it just is so hard for me to believe that even the people who don't have public Instagrams or Twitters aren't looking in some way. Especially Agreed. if, like, you used Complaints. to be on it, like Megan was. I don't know. I just feel like it, it's not, it doesn't, it seems so hard for me to imagine. That said, they have all this money and power and can do so many more interesting things and look at social media. So maybe they just don't care what anyone thinks. Just
1: don't care. Okay. Shoot. I just realized I have to leave in 10 minutes for a doctor's appointment. So we should.
0: <laughs> okay. Let's get into yeah. this last section before. <laughs> uh the time runs out okay let's leave that in please okay kate and (laughs) megan uh have had two appearances together on i didn't really look just like megan taking a page out of her new uh kind of uh inspirational words i tried not to look at social media much on my trip in europe and it was nice i guess it was hard to stay away but i did and one of the first headlines, because there was so much royal happenings when we were gone, when I was catching up to see what I had missed, I saw this headline, Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle squash feud rumors with a kiss. I was like, wow, Julie and I really miss like, the major news. I have to say this headline makes some promises that I'm not sure the story delivers on. Um,
1: I know, (laughs) like I read that headline I'm thinking Madonna and Britney Spears (laughs) Yeah, I know It's just like a
0: salacious headline It's from E! Online, (laughs) I don't know Okay, but so they, as as we mentioned They made an appearance earlier in the week That was sort of weird it was a daytime event at the palace with the queen. We never saw them really interact in the same photograph. Like the palace posted all these photographs and they were in both of them, but you never saw Kate or Meghan look at each other. And it was weirdly like Megan in the background while Kate was in the foreground. And then there was this video that went around, Julie, I'm not sure if you saw it, um, where it kind of looks like Kate was looking back at Megan. So some people were using that as evidence that they had like somehow spoken to each other. I feel like you can't really even tell... What exactly went on? And if they, it was a little weird to me. It seemed like a cold energy. So that was like the first appearance. Then on Monday, they went to the Commonwealth Day service. So this was their second joint appearance or thing that they're both at in a week. And this one was much different. So as E puts it, they were spotted sharing a double cheek kiss inside Westminster Abbey. William was happy to see Megan too. Uh, William greeted her with a double ke- cheek kiss as well. This is insane. I never would have expected I would be in a professional context reading about two double cheek kisses between like normal adults who are related to each other, but this is Rick, life.
1: I have, <laughs> I have never shared a double cheek kiss with anyone I've remotely liked. Anyone who even attempts a double cheek kiss, you I kind flinch of hate. and
0: move away. Um, yes. So. They sat down at this service, Kate, William, Harry, Megan, And Katie Nichol, who was on the podcast in December, uh, she reported in Vanity Fair, they might not have a huge amount in common, but Kate has no issue with Megan. She wants them to get along, not just for Harry's sake, but because two royal sisters-in-law at loggerheads wouldn't be good, and Kate knows that. For Kate, it's about keeping the relationship professional and putting on a show of togetherness. So, and Katie Nichol reported that Kate was the one who instigated this kind of warm interaction at Westminster Abbey. It's not always been easy. Sorry?
1: Such a pro. She's such a pro. It's not
0: always been easy. There have been issues behind the scenes, but Harry and Meghan want to leave on good terms, and Kate especially has been making a real effort. There are no bad feelings. And I think Kate was keen to put an end to the rift rumors. And then, Julie, our new champion who we need to get on this podcast, Judy James judy spelled as j-u-d-i as in dench Uh, She is a body language expert she spoke to cosmopolitan don't ask me how i landed on this article um but judy james body language expert said i want judy james to follow me around and tell me what like people in my life think about me exactly what a job to just kind of monitor people and riff on what you think of what they actually mean to each other It was clear Kate and Megan were keen to signal bonds of warm friendship today, rather than the either distant or over-congruent displays from the last couple of outings, Judy James explained, adding that Megan seemed to be the one trying to reignite the spark while Kate made more active moves towards her sister-in-law. Julie, imagine being described in that way, making active moves towards friendliness towards someone. Um, I
1: mean, we really we really <laughs> underneath us, Josh just has an all caps. Can we please get Judy James on the show? followed by about by about fifty exclamation points? I mean, what analysis, what a name, What a spirit, even from this read. I just I love everything about her. And Judy James. let's not forget that name anytime soon.
0: Uh, and Judy also <laughs> pointed out that this is a major change in their behavior uh, from the outing on March 5th, which Judy James described. Do you also like I'm always referring to her by her full name?
1: (laughs) When you have a name like that, it has to be. It's like in Star is Born
0: when Jackson Maine says that when you become famous, people start calling you by two names. Uh, Judy James described them as distant in the past and that there were quite a bit of side eyes from fans due to the undeniably awkward vibes. So Julie, Julie, no relation to Judy, James, Julie, do you think, God, I'm really losing it. Do you think that this most recent appearance where they did the double cheek kiss, they looked at each other in the service, does this mean anything to you? Do you really just think it was Kate being strategic or Megan being strategic? Or do you think things are actually all good between them now?
1: I think that Kate is such a pro. She knows she's going to be queen one day and she Mm -hmm. is not putting a foot wrong she's taking all the right steps she's professional even with people she hates and can't stand i get the sense that kate's the kind of person who's going to greet them with a smile she knows what her role is megan has caused so many waves already she doesn't want to add any additional ones what stands out to me though is the fact that katie nickel does not mention really william and harry's relationship if that's changed at all i know they were sitting together but
0: it was a little and actually you know what i we've definitely talked about this before but there's like this weird, doub- not double standard. I don't know if that's the right word for it or if that's too dramatic, but like it is weird to me. Like I was looking at the photos of all four of them this morning and it's William and Harry are in the middle, Meghan and Kate are on the ends and like William and Harry barely look at each other and they look almost frosty. Like they're not whispering. They're not like laughing. There's none of that. And, like, I feel like if... But no one mentions that, obviously. I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Like, something's going right. on, I feel like, maybe even between them, and that's what the issue is, which I know had been reported before.
1: We need to get Katie Nichol back on the podcast and yes. see what she's heard about them.
0: Yes. But this was, I think, also going to be the last appearance Katie noted that both of them would be at before Megan sort of, kind of you know, has her... First child. So it'll be interesting to watch.
1: Right. And interesting to hear when uh Doria hosts that second baby shower.
0: Right. What we need to figure out when that's happening and if Kate will be involved in any way. I feel like they're both making so many appearances recently that it's like to me it just seems like Megan must be so like she did the Morocco trip, she's doing all these appearances, she's in her third trimester. I, I would be exhausted doing all of that, not even being, you know, right. under I, the scrutiny miss she is. I Prin-
1: Princess Diana's energy. I feel like Diana would have staged a fun photo op to really yes, the two of them.
0: Um, Let us know what you think about all of these, uh, the Kate-Megan-ness of it all, Amy leaving, if you have any insight into that, Megan's thoughts on social media. God, all of this could be its own episode in other weeks. There's so much Megan to catch up on. Um, I
1: know. And we'll I have guess. a lot more
0: to get into next week as well. Send us your questions and thoughts. Uh, so that does it for this week's episode. And um, thanks for listening. And please remember to rate, review us on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. And uh, it helps us find new listeners, spread the word, and let us know what you think.
1: You can also leave us a voicemail at 347 790 <laughs> or follow us on Twitter at In the Limelight to discuss any of these subjects. You can also follow us individually. I'm at Julie W. Miller.
0: And I'm at Jay Duboff. We're also on Instagram at In the Limelight Pod. Hopefully Instagram, which was down today, will be back up in time for you guys to comment and send us the messages you do, which are so great. This episode was edited and produced by Brett Fuchs. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. And until then, no bad,
1: no bad energy. energy.